Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And now, and now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. You bet your ass, man. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow, now is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast with host Eddie Trunk. Hey folks, it's Eddie Trunk and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts, including now available on Stitcher, on Pandora, and for subscribers via SiriusXM. Free, as always, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the places you get your podcasts. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening and joining me each and every Thursday. As I always tell you, the interviews you hear on this podcast originated on my Sirius XM radio show. Please join me for Trunk Nation Monday through Friday, Talk and Rock with you live on Volume, Sirius XM Channel 106, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, daily, nightly re-airs, 10 to midnight Eastern, Full shows, anything you want, anytime you want, available to you on the SiriusXM app. This week on the podcast, a bit of a double dip, kind of a triple dip, actually. We're going to start with a call-in from Ace Freely and John Five. Now, this happened on the 27th of April, which, if you know your history, was the 70th birthday of Ace Freely. On my radio show that day, I dedicated it to Ace, and I called it 7 for 70, and I had fans call in and tell me their top seven Ace Freely or Ace Freely Kiss songs. It was a really fun show, got a tremendous amount of response, and it was a great way to celebrate Ace's 70th birthday, which we did do, of course, on that day. John Five, who is also a good friend and a huge Kiss fan, also called in his seven favorite Ace songs with Ace on the line, as you're about to hear. Now, this entire show was a lot of fun, and if you want to hear all the callers calling in their seven greatest Ace songs, obviously, if you have SiriusXM, like I said, go find the show on the app if you missed it and enjoy it all over again. Here on the podcast, I'm going to bring you just the segment where Ace and John were both on the phone and called in. Obviously, uh, you know, Ace shares some great funny stuff about Kiss and share some insights and some stories. So it's always good to hear from the one and only Ace Freely, and this time hearing from him on what was his 70th birthday, and I think you'll enjoy that. Even though it's a couple weeks after the fact, 
It's still fun and always great to hear from Ace and super fan and good friend as well, John Five. So that is first. And then second on the podcast this week, Zach Wild. Zach and Black Label Society are releasing a gargantuan box set that features all the Black Label Society albums to date in one huge box set. I think it's called None More Black. And if you're on the vinyl kick, many people know if you're a regular listener, I am not. I am still 100% a CD guy. But if you're on the vinyl kick and you're a BLS fan, getting this box set may be of great interest to you. Zach, as usual, is uh, the consummate (laughs) non-salesman and just has fun with me on the conversation you'll hear second today. I mean, I've known Zach forever, and he's always fun to talk to, and we get into a little stuff about Ozzy in here as well that I think you're going to enjoy also, but a lot about the box set and some usual zaniness and nonsense that goes on whenever Zach and I have a chance to talk on the air. So, couple all-time guitar legends. Ace Freely first on his 70th birthday with John Five hanging out. And second, Zach Wilde talking about the new BLS box set and more. That's what I have for you this week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Be sure to connect with me on social media, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook. EddieTrunk.com is the official online home. Like I said, you already know about the radio show. And uh, let's get to it. Two guests, two interviews, two great guitar gods. We start with Ace with an assist from John Five. So three guitar gods on this podcast. Crazy. And then Zach Wild second on this week's show. Enjoy. Uh, this is too much fun today. Celebrating the 70th birthday of my dear friend of 35 years, Ace Freely. And we are celebrating with you, the fans. I, of course, am a fan as well, hearing all these great songs. We're doing the top seven Ace songs for his 70th birthday and so many great songs in our number one, the catalog. There's so many different amazing moments. It's great hearing about all of them and remembering stuff and discussing it. And uh, first up, coming onto the phone with us right now is, of course, when you think of Ace and you think of Kiss, you always think of this guy, the great John Five, uh, Johnny Boy. How are you, Ed? How are you? I'm good. Of course, John and I were just together with Ace in Vegas a couple weeks ago for his birthday dinner. Now, John, I am going to bring Ace on the line with us right now, and you will have to tell him your favorite seven songs. No pressure, John. Ace, are you there, buddy? Ace, do we have you? You got me. I'm here. Hello, everybody. Happy birthday, Hi, buddy. You, uh, it's just a number. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody keeps telling me. How did you feel when you got out of bed this morning at 70 years old? I still had the same aches and pains I normally get. <laughs> <laughs> You know, growing old's a bitch, but, you know, uh, mentally, I still think like I'm 25. So, you know, you know, there's a conflict of interest there. But, you know, I've I've been working out, uh, watching my diet. You know, I dropped 25 pounds. 
since the last time I've been on stage. So I'm, I'm ready to rock, you know, hopefully, you know, this fall I'll be back out on the road. I told you when I saw you in Vegas a couple weeks ago, I said, you look like you're ready for the kiss costume, man. You look like you could fit right into it right now. Yeah. Well, you know, I, you know, they're working with Tommy. I'm having fun with my band, you know, whatever happens, happens. I play, you know, I live life one day at a time. No, but what I'm saying is just from a physical standpoint, I mean, if, yeah. if they, I mean, just in terms of your, your condition, if they came to you tomorrow and said you had to put that thing on, you could, you could wear it, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I got off the phone with Peter Chris about an hour ago. Peter was nice enough to give me a, a sweet call, him and his lovely wife, Gigi. And, uh, so that was nice. I haven't heard from uh, Paula Jean, and I probably won't, but that's okay. You know, I might get a text. But you, you know, really, we're still, it's on, still... Good, we're still on good terms, and uh, you know, it's uh, you know they're just a little more distant than like me and Peter's relationship. That's all. Yeah, and it was always like that, wasn't it? Even back in the day. Yeah, me and me and Petey used to pair off because, you know, we were the two party animals, you know, in the 70s. So, uh, you know, Gene would go his way, you know, and uh, Paul would go his way. And me and Peter ended up, you know, hanging out with either with like, you know, when we were touring with Chief Trick, we'd end up in Chief Trick's room or they'd end up in our room, you know, and uh, so on and so forth. You know, it was that kind of scene. Did you see? Well, I know you see you saw it because I sent it to you just a few minutes ago. Uh, it's every this is making the rounds today on social media. Everybody wishing you a happy birthday, but using the photo of your stunt double from Kiss Meets the Phantom, which is so clearly I, uh, not you. It's hysterical. It's so obvious that the gentleman is a black man, but a very nice guy, and he was actually the most athletic of the four stuntmen. I mean. I don't think any of the other three could could have done flips like he did. He was like a gymnast. Well, did, did you? So you met him on the set, like did, when you met him and saw him. Did you say to anybody or the director, like he does? I don't think people are going to buy that. That's me. Well, I mean, you know, when it comes to doing flips and stuff, you know, they don't focus in on your face. It's more of a you know body shot. So I wasn't too concerned about that. But, you know, because I, I had a disagreement with the director and took off the day that they were shooting, we were shooting inside the uh, Chamber of Horrors, uh, they had to use him because I wasn't available. And, you know, thank God I came back like a gentleman and apologized to the producer. And, and you know, we, uh, you know, made friends again and everything was cool. But, uh they used him, and it, it was really obvious that it wasn't me. But you know, I don't know. I don't know how they <laughs> tried to pull that off. I guess they, you know, they needed me in the scene, so you know they didn't have another another double. So uh, they used him. John, jump in here. You remember watching Kiss Meets the Phantom? <laughs> did you Did you have any idea that wasn't Ace? <laughs> oh my God! First of all, Ace, happy birthday! And uh, thank you, John. Of course. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, I remember it was I think it was October 28th. They premiered it and I was watching this and I loved it. And I was like, wow, look at Ace do flips and everything. <laughs> you know, I was 
I was only uh, eight years old and I was like, wow, this is amazing. He can play guitar and he can do flips and everything. I had no idea. I just thought he was like a superhero, you know, because I was so young. So, <laughs> you know, I, I really thought it was Ace. I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> Ace, I know, did you like put- for years after that movie was released, people used to say, did you study gymnastics in high school? And I said, <laughs> no, that was the stunt double. You know, I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to bowl, you know. <laughs> you know. I always like to tell the truth. Honesty is the best policy. Uh, Ace, did you get a chance <laughs> to plug in that guitar? That uh, For people that don't know, we had a wonderful birthday dinner the, uh, with Ace a couple weeks ago in Vegas. And, John, you gave Ace a beautiful Telecaster. Ace, did you get to plug that in yet? Oh, I pl- you know, I plugged it in. I have an old friend of Harvard, a good friend of mine, Matt Swanson, gave me. And uh, it's, it's worth ten, fifteen thousand dollars easily. It's in one of those old tweed amps from the fifties, and I plugged that into the Harvard, and it sounded amazing. Just oh, amazing! Well, I mean, birthday. the way that it rang out. And John, thank you so much for setting the action high, because you know I like high action. I know you do. I know you do. And, you know, thank you for all of the amazing music. And you just changed the world and influenced millions and millions of people. So thank you and happy birthday. You know, I think I forget sometimes how many how much I've influenced people, you know, around the planet. You know, it's something I don't think about very often. But then when people remind me, I go, yeah, I guess I did. You know, (laughs) Well, I mean, look, man, I mean, I've been doing radio for 38 years, and I mean, every day I'm interviewing people, and every day your name will come up seemingly when we talk to guitar players. One of the reasons I picked up the guitar was Ace, or I heard this, or I saw Ace do this. So it's, yeah, it just keeps going and going and going, crossing over to all different genres. And today, when we're hearing all of this, uh, these songs that people are calling in from your catalog it's amazing how big the catalog is right now, Ace, and I'm sure you know this when you try to do a set list for your own shows because we're having people calling in everything from stuff from your last couple records and then all the way things back to Parasite and She and Strange Ways. I mean, it's just a vast amount of material, and you're still making music. I mean, you're, you're by far the most active member of the original Kiss in terms of recording and putting out records. So the catalog is incredible. How many albums I th- have I put out in the last, uh, since 2009? Five or six? I can't even remember. Uh, I want to you know? say six. You want to yeah, say six? It. Yeah, it's either five or six. What are, You got a handle on that, John? <laughs> I don't. Not right now. I'm sitting in my car, but I I think it might be sitting six. Good car. Are you still on that B? You, you still have that BMW with the gold wing doors? That was awesome. Yep, I still got it. <laughs> it's funny because Laura saw. Uh, we were watching a movie, a new movie with William Shatner, and uh, this chick takes William Shatner out on on a driving course because he had his license suspended in Palm Springs, and it was the same car you pulled up into my house, the front of my house with, and I go, "That's the car John has." <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I still got it. It's cool. It's cool. But, you know, I, I just want to say to the people that are listening and for the people that have heard uh, the Beatles song that me and John worked on, I'm Down, John got that solo in one take. He wasn't fooling around that day. He just walked in, plugged in, and did it. It was painless. 
the reason I play guitar and the reason I got into gymnastics is you, Ace, and thank you very much. Gymnastics? <laughs> you can do the backflips, John. <laughs> from the from the from the Phantoms movie, you know. <laughs> You're killing me. So so Ace, your album John, that picture John sent me a picture of what the first time he met me when he was fifteen years old. I didn't realize you were that young in that photo, John. I know I was I was I was young. I mean Where oh, was boy, that had, photo taken? We that was taken backstage at um I forget where it was. It was somewhere in Detroit. I snuck backstage. I was like I lost, you know, like I'm lost or whatever. I just made up some story and I was that's like, hey, I love you. I used to do that's how I ended up roadieing for Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> See, it works. Yeah, it works. So, Ace, well, you know, Ace in, in the, the two days. In the, in, in the 70s, the, 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 uh, the security wasn't as tight as it is today. Today, you need a special yeah. laminate, you need this, you need a sticker. You know, you got to have, you know, it's crazy. Back back in the 70s, you could sneak backstage easily if you looked the part and you had a good rap. So, Ace, yeah. you have you have uh, five, five albums released in the 2000s. You've got Anomaly in 09, Space Invader 2014, Origins 1 in 16, Spaceman in 18, and then Origins 2 last year. So it's actually five. Okay. Well, I know it was either five or six, but I'm working on the six right now in my home studio, and uh, I'm really excited about working on my new studio. No one has seen photos of it yet, but soon I'm going to release some photos of it because it looks like a spaceship, and you guys have seen it, obviously. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Incredible. I, I don't want to release it until I get some professional photo photographer to take pictures of it. All right, so Ace, let me ask you this because I don't want to keep you in. We got a, all these people want to call in their favorite songs from you today as we're celebrating your birthday the whole time here on my show. But when you look at, and we're going to hear John's uh, list of his favorite seven here in a second. But when you look at your own career and your own history and you think back, do you feel there's a definitive song in your career, whether it was with Kiss or Solo? Is there is there one or two or three songs for you that you think are are definitive for you? Well, I mean, when people talk about what are some of my favorite Kiss songs, I mean, you know, Deuce comes to mind immediately because that was the first song that Paul and Gene played for me when I auditioned for Kiss. And we weren't even called Kiss at the time. We didn't even have a name. But, they, you know, they, they played Kiss, I mean, Deuce rather, and said, when it comes to the solo section, just let go, you know. And I just played every riff I knew and did like a, a two-minute solo, and uh, I think that cinched the deal right then and there. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, Strange Ways is a, held a special place in my heart because that was a one-take solo, and it's such a far-out solo that, uh, you know, it's one of my favorite guitar solos. And Shock Me, of course, is a special song to me because it was my first lead vocal. I remember performing it at Madison Square Garden the very first time. I sang it live. Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, it, it's it's obviously, for me, it was my number one in terms of just the iconic Ace songs of my personal seven. All right, John, run down your list of your seven with Ace on the phone, and then if Ace wants, he can give you a, a little critique of your list. Okay. My number seven is Darklight 
off the elder. I got it when it came out and the solo just blew my mind. I was just like in awe of uh dark light. Incredible. Um, I'm going to go number six. I'm going to go strange ways. Wait, wait, John, let me stop you there. Cause I want to jump in. Cause I want to get something from Ace on dark light. Cause it came up a few times. Ace, you've said many times that when it came to the elder, Obviously, you were unhappy with the record, and that one of the reasons why was you had recorded a bunch of lead guitar and extra guitars that didn't make it on the Elder, right? Well, you know, there's a lot of solos that didn't make it because I did a lot of different takes, and I have all of them. So, you know, they may be released uh, down the road when I do a compilation record or, you know, a box set. But, uh, you know... One thing I wanted to say about the solo in Darklight, I recorded that up in Canada, not in my studio in Connecticut, where a lot of people think most of the Elder was recorded. We recorded a lot of the Elder in my studio in Connecticut, and then Bob Ezrin, the producer, decided he wanted to record the rest of it in his basement up in uh, Toronto, and that's where that song uh, was recorded. So, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's a great record. I just think it was the wrong record for the time. You know, I don't have anything against the album. I just think the timing was bad. If Creatures of the Night, you know, somebody asked me at Billboard, if Creatures of the Night would have came out after, uh, instead of The Elder, you know, would you have left the group? And I said, maybe not, because Creatures of the Night is a much heavier, you know, rock and roll record. And I think it was more of a, what the fans were expecting from us. Yeah. The crazy so, but, thing you know, about you dark, can't turn back the clock. What, what right. done is done, you know, the crazy thing about that dark light solo too, is that's maybe the fastest I've ever heard you play. John, would you agree? Is that like the fastest? That was like the most f- speed you ever heard. I've, we ever heard Ace play with up to that point. I, I mean, I remember I can see myself in my living room, listening to that and being like, shocked no pun intended but it was unbelievable i was like oh my god oh my god and you know of course i was such a kiss fan uh my first record was love gun so i listened to everything but then it just upped it you know the solo was just unbelievable and the speed and everything i i just i love that song and i love that solo so yeah that's definitely my number seven all right so six was what strange ways 70s when the powder was flowing, if you know what I mean. Need I say more? <laughs> Strange Ways was six, right, John? Yeah, Strange Ways was six. I mean, so heavy. Great solo. Um, it sounds like there's a octave effect on the uh, you know guitar a little bit on the solo. I, I just incredible. Yeah. That feel is just... Nobody can play that like you, Ace. I mean, that is just unbelievable. Thank you. Um, my number five, Fractured Mirror, of course. I mean, one of the most beautiful, you know, instrumentals of all time. Just unbelievable, unbelievable. My number four is Parasite. Now, I remember talking to Ace and he said, you know, we're, I'm going to do Origins and should we do parasite? And I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, this is crazy. This is crazy. So parasite number four, unbelievable. And thank you, Ace, for having me on that. 
Um, yeah, well, you you ended we ended up doubling the length of the solo, and you did the second half, and you did your interpretation, which was fabulous, and I think the fans appreciated that version. Yeah, that version. It, it's 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 such a uh, a great 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 song. That's um, also Monique's number, favorite song. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. Number three is "Rip It Out." Um, Number two is Rocket Ride. And number one, of course, Shock Me. Yeah, Shock Me is the all-time classic. I think that's my number one. Ace, my list, just real quick, so I run it down, is I had Rock Soldiers at seven. Because, you know, that's when I started working with you, and that, to me, was a really important song because it was reestablishing you after Kiss. You know, that was really that yeah, was really a was big anthem. by Chip Taylor, you know, John Voight's brother. You know, Chip Taylor, the guy who wrote Wild Thing and Angel yeah. of the Morning. Yeah. And so we had well, a lot of fun writing that song. And believe it or not, when we wrote that song, we wrote the music and we wanted it to be an anti-drug song. And we didn't come up with Rock Soldiers until after the music had been recorded. And I remember Chick, Chip walking into the recording studio. He must have been listening from outside. And we, we didn't have... The, the lyrics for the chorus and all of a sudden Chip comes walking in to the studio and he's going rock soldiers come it just came to him it was like a flash <laughs> and uh, it worked perfectly so rock soldiers at seven uh, one of the ones that's come up a bunch that I love from uh, dynasty is hard times which also was you know kind of autobiographical at the time you remember that one on dynasty Oh yeah, that that was a fun song, and Anton did an amazing drum part on that. Yeah, that's a hard that's a hard song to play on the drums. Uh, number five, Parasite. Number four, Strange Ways. Number three, Rip It Out. Number two, Rocket Ride. Number one, Shock Me. And real quick, Ace, there's another song from Dynasty that's come up a lot uh, from from some people before you guys were on. And that's Save Your Love, which also has an incredible guitar solo. You you really, I mean, it, when you look at the Dynasty and, and the Unmasked albums, even though they were a different direction and more on the pop side, those were records where, for the first time, you really had equal amount of songs to Paul and Gene. You really had a lot going on on those records. What was that record that uh, somebody told me there was one album, Kiss album, where I had more songs than Gene on? Dynasty. Unmasked. Dynasty. No, Dynasty. You have I three wrote, on Dynasty and he has two. Songs and Gene only had two, right? Yeah, Dynasty, yeah. I guess he was too busy with Cher or Diana Ross. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's a great they one is keep, Torpedo They can keep you oh, busy. God. <laughs> <Gals>. <laughs> Torpedo Girl. Torpedo Girl came up a lot too, John. Oh, I love Torpedo Girl. Man, what a riff. I, play, I played bass on that as well. And then you the play, other one. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The bass is like you a counterpoint on that too? to the guitar riff. Excuse me? Oh. That, <laughs> that right. bass line is so funky. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I, I just I wanted to play a bass part that would be like a counterpoint to the guitar. Riff. I didn't want to do a simple thing. I wanted to do something kind of catchy but different, and somehow it it sits right. Oh, you know, it was perfect. just one of those nutty songs that turned out. You know, I was Vinnie Ponce had produced it, and he let me. He gave me free reign, and we had a lot of fun doing it. 
All right, Ace. Last thing, I got to ask you this. This is this is a uh, this has come up. A couple of people have done these impressions. The legend of you think of all the classic Ace moments outside of the music. One, of course, is the legendary Tom Snyder interview when Gene and Paul just <laughs> looked at you with such disdain as you and Tom were crack and Peter cracking up. One of the great moments ever. What I always was wondering about that, we all saw everything that aired, but when the cameras stopped and that interview end, ended, what happened? Did Paul and Gene say anything to you? Did you and Tom Snyder, like I got this vision of you and Tom Snyder and Peter hanging out and opening champagne. What happened when the interview ended? Well, I mean, you know, uh, Initially, when I started kind of monopolizing the interview, Paul and Gene were a little put off. But if you notice towards the end, they kind of joined in because they realized it was futile to try to fight me because Tom had taken such an interest in talking to me instead of them. So, uh, you know, I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. After the show, you know, Tom knocked on my dressing room and came in and wanted to meet me without the makeup. And uh, we got along famously, you know. He was a great. He was a great uh, television host. I'm, you know, it's a shame his show got canceled. I thought he was a really talented interviewer. Yeah, the greatest what was but the greatest was no, line. There was no negative vibes after it. I mean, you know, everybody had fun, and I think everybody realized it was a successful show, no, no matter who was featured in it. You know, it's the greatest line. Something like, "I'm really a plumber. I got a joint." <laughs> You can work on. I have no idea where that stuff comes from. It, you know, I just like <laughs> things come, just pop into my head. I never plan anything I'm going to say, which always works out the best for me. You know. Oh man, too many great memories, too many great stories. <laughs> Seventy years, man. Uh, happy birthday, brother! I was really we love nervous you, man. when I did that show because you know somebody said to me, millions of people are going to be watching this live. And I said, God, you know, so I'm pounding the Stolich Nye vodka in the limousine on the way down. But it really didn't get me too loaded because the, the nervousness outweighed, you know, the alcohol. So oh, it, kind of just, it just kind of relaxed me, you know, but it didn't make me, you know, over the top. Oh, and one other thing just hit me, too, because we could go on forever. But somebody told me, speaking of rock soldiers, where you mentioned the DeLorean, some uh, I did an interview the other day for an Eric Carr documentary. John, I know you were in it. I think Ace, you did something for it too. Yeah, and somebody told me your that. your DeLorean was found. The your old DeLorean somebody has, and and they they and it's still around. Did you know that? Yeah, somebody told me that. Somehow they matched up the serial numbers. You know what I did with my DeLorean after uh, you know. It was made out of stainless steel, and it was really hard to fix. So I told the uh, the body shop, "Why don't you paint a Ferrari red?" And then, like a couple of after they had put the putty in to smooth out the lines of the car, I got a phone call from the the head of the uh, body shop, and he goes, "The paint isn't going to stick to the uh, stainless steel, so they had to actually apply an electric current, and they had to electroplate the paint." So, I mean, my car is the DeLorean. It's, it's the only Ferrari red in the world, as far as I know. But somebody found it. I sold it because I knew if I didn't sell it, you know, I'd end up having a couple of beers and driving when I shouldn't be because my license was suspended for five years. And if that was in my driveway, it was going to get me in trouble. So I got rid of it.
Were they good cars? There were a lot of people that told me that they were cool looking cars, but actually as a, a car to drive, it wasn't all that great. Mechanically, they weren't great. You know, I mean, probably one of the best mechanical cars I ever owned was the Porsche 928 Competition. I mean, that car w- was just, you know, German German technology. You know, it had spoilers on it. I mean, that was the car that I had an accident with uh, Anton and and, you know, Anton was driving and we hit a, an oak tree that was probably three feet in diameter. And but that car was built with a cage around it and it saved our lives. If we would have been in a Corvette, we would have been killed. Jeez. Oh, amazing. You know? So what's the uh, what's you know, the plan? It wasn't meant to be. Ace, what's the plan tonight? What do you got planned for your 70th birthday? Just a nice dinner, hanging, uh, laying low? What, I'm what just is, going what out got? to dinner with Laura and the kids, you know, just just have a nice, relaxing evening, you know. You know, I'm going to have a barbecue in June once the weather gets warmer, and, and you know, and it'll be like a, a belated birthday party. And hopefully I'm going to have some friends come up from Florida. I'm going to have my band come up from Nashville you know, show off my new recording studio. So, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. And I'm hoping, John, if you're not doing anything, you can fly out with your lovely wife. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I wouldn't miss it for the world. John, you can right. crash in my house. I got a spare room. Okay. <laughs> I was yeah, and, and and that's only studio. 45 minutes from me. Yeah, Ace right. and I live near each other now. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. great. Yeah, yeah. So, and and we had a great time in Vegas, Ace. Thanks. That was a, a great time oh, a couple weeks so ago. Fun. I was telling Laura, you know, it couldn't have gone any smoother, and the food was so good. Thank you, Ronnie Mancuso. Yes, Bootlegger Bistro. He one of the best restaurants in in in, in Vegas. You know, the Bootlegger. Yeah. And uh, you know what else can yeah. I say? It was a wonderful evening and great company, and uh, everybody got along and. Uh, I, I couldn't have imagined a better evening that night. Yeah, it was a great time. Food it was, was unbelievable. Yeah, it was really wonderful great. Night. All right, buddy. Well, listen, all my best to you. Happy birthday. We love you. We uh, Thank you for calling in. And, uh, you know, I've been, I was going through some photos today, man. The times we've had for the last 35 years all over the world, all the different stuff we've done. I, I'm so grateful for it and, uh, and and our friendship. And as a fan, thank you for the music. means a lot to me. You know how much I, how, how much I love you. So a very happy 70th. Thank you. Thank you, John. And I'd like to thank all my fans for all the input that you've given Ed today so far and all the support over the years. I never thought I was going to make it to the big 7-0, but here I am. So, you know, I guess God wants to keep me around a little longer. Now you got plenty of gas left in the tank, man. I know we all know you got plenty left to give us. So thank you. All right, man. Johnny Happy boy. Thank you. Buddy. All right. John, thanks for calling in. Thank you, Ed. Thanks for having me and uh, God bless. All right. We'll see you soon. We'll talk, talk to you both of you guys soon. I'm sure. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. See all you. Righty, there they bye-bye. go. John five and the thank birthday you. boy, Ace Freely. What, what, I mean, come on. That's as good as it gets right there. <laughs> that is just legendary classic stuff from a true legend and uh, a guy that absolutely is on his way to becoming a legend, too, in John 5. Thanks to Ace Freely. Thanks also to John 5. Long, great friendship with both of those guys, especially Ace, who I go back with well over 35 years at this point. And John, also one of my best buds and 
Great to have them both on together. And John and I, both Ace fans as well as friends of Ace, and it was great to have all of us on the line together on what you just heard, which was on his 70th birthday. If you'd like to hear that complete show, by the way, like I said, it was a full two-hour show of people calling in with their top seven Ace songs. Grab it on the SiriusXM app if you are a subscriber, and I certainly hope you become one if you're not already, so you're getting a little taste here on the podcast of what I do on a regular basis. And it's time now to talk with Zach Wild. Zach has a new Black Label Society vinyl box set coming out. Here he is to tell us about that and more. Enjoy. It's been a little while since I've spoken to this guy on the air. We've had some fun chatting off the air via text, but uh, now we welcome him on the show. And it is the one and only Zach Wild. Father Ed, what's going on over there? What's shaking? How are you, man? You holding up all right? Yeah, I'm doing great, buddy. Just, uh, Working on a new uh, Black Label Flavor Country Donuts as we speak. So uh, working on that. And I guess, you know, we got the the uh, the None More Black box set that the world hasn't been waiting for. But uh, <laughs> you know, that's, we got that out now. So, uh, yeah, it's just, um, no, we're just, and we're getting ready. I guess uh, there's going to be dates and I guess we're doing Buffalo Chip. I guess we're going to be doing Sturgis, I guess, in, uh, in August. And then... Uh, I think October, all throughout October, November in the States. And then, um, you know, Black Label Christmas, New Year's Eve run from the 26th to, I think, a New Year's Eve show with the Arizona chapter. So it, I, we'll see if it happens. I mean, you know, hopefully everybody's doing shows by then. You know, it feels and, like it. I mean, great. there's stuff happening and now. They I mean, just announced Download Festival over in Europe for so, next year. Yeah, I guess so. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what it's going to be like. I mean, is everyone going to be walking around with masks on or is, is there going to be 120,000 people walking around just like usual, you know, with the, having a beer and just chilling out and having a good time? So I guess we'll see where we're at next year, but stuff is happening now. So, I mean, there's 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 shows getting announced. Things are coming back online. So we're going to talk about this box set. But before we do, you mentioned the new record. You have all the guys at your studio. You How far into it are you? Uh, we're mixing it right now. So, yeah, so uh, the goose is out here, so we're at the Vatican. We're mixing it right now. So uh, we're just actually wrapping it up. Goose is going home today. When do you want to get it out, this year, or will it come out next year? Yeah, I think uh, probably in November or something like that, I think. That's what we're, we're planning on, you know, and then, All we'll, right. then we'll start, you know, tour for another 15 years on it, and it'll be a lot of good times. <laughs> Well, we'll do more on the new BLS record when it comes out. But as you just heard, there's one in the can and we'll be getting it soon. And, uh, and, and very much looking forward to that. So did you ever think, did you ever envision that in the year 2021, you would be doing promotion for a 12 album vinyl box set? Like, you know, it's amazing what's gone on with this vinyl stuff. Talk a little bit about what's in this box set and, uh, you know, the, the, the extra bells and whistles, because the infomercial is hysterical. I <laughs> tweeted it out today. I loved it. Uh, somebody was just like, oh, do you have like somebody write these things for you? I go, no, we're a bunch of idiots. We just come up with them ourselves. So, you know, but uh, no, the, the I mean, all I think it was, a, you know, looking at the box set, it's just like, wow, that went by pretty fast. You know what I mean? I'm just saying I can only imagine what Oz must think. You know, when, from the beginning of Sabbath, when them getting in a van, getting their first, you know, making their first album to now, you know what I mean? So, because I, I remember, you know, my dad, 
uh, when he when he turned 80, uh, you know, and him being a World War II vet, D-Day, Omaha Beach, the whole nine yards. He, he, I remember him going, well, you can only turn 40 twice. You know, like it, that was the run of joke, but he was just saying when he turned when he turned 80, uh, you know, Pops passed away when he was like 89. But I, I remember when he was 80, he was just like, man, where? Like, he, he's like, I don't feel like I'm 80 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was just like, man, where did time go? And, you know, and then him talking about World War II and everything like that. And Normandy just saying, like, that doesn't seem like that long ago. You know, I'm sure for Oz, you know, when 1972 with Black Sabbath doesn't, you know, it seems a while ago. But, like, I'm sure he's probably like, yeah, I remember everything like it was yesterday. So even when I first started with Oz, you know what I mean? So just like when I was 19, 20 years old, now I'm, you know, now I'm 423 years old and dog years with my liver. But I mean, you know, so, and now that I'm 54, you know, it just is, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Just looking at the box set, like going, looking at all the records, going, wow, that, that went by pretty fast. Are you on the, are you personally on the vinyl kick? Do you still listen to vinyl or did you get rid of it all when CDs came in? Like a lot of people. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, probably when CDs came, I still have all like all my old records. I have Diary of a Madman and Blizzard and, you know, like my Zeppelin records and Sabbath records and Elton John. I, mean, I, I still have like a batch of my original vinyl when I was a kid. I mean, obviously all scratched up and everything like that, but, uh, yeah, I'll still, I'll still buy vinyl stuff. You know, you go on eBay or whatever and, you know, find really cool old records that you don't have anymore, the ones that are smashed or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, vinyl's, it's definitely cool for sure. What was your first record, Zach? Do you remember the very first album you got, you bought? Um, well, I remember my first Sabbath record <clears throat> was, uh, I was at the mall and I remember my mom was like, you, you know, I can get a record or whatever, you know? So, uh, I remember I got, you know, I'd never heard Sabbath before, but I remember it just had, uh, we sold our soul for rock and roll. Cause my mom said you could get one record and obviously it's a double album right. in the tool bag that I am. But I mean, it's just, uh, but yeah, I ended up getting that, you know, put the needle on beyond terrified and then, uh, Still am, but you know. But well, the uh, other the other <laughs> thing the other thing that's terrifying about that because I got that album too is if you're the jacket open the gatefold yeah, totally. of the with woman the girl in the, in the coffin, coffin with, the, with cross. the cross that didn't go over too well when mom saw that open up on the kitchen table. <laughs> oh man! But uh, but it was a great way to get into Sabbath because it was a great it was a, a compilation record so it was a great way to get a cross section of all the stuff at that point. Yeah, totally. I agree. But uh, yeah, probably that, that was it. And then obviously, you know, like most people, I mean, your, your first record into, you know, like Elton John's greatest hits, and then you start getting all the rest of it. But I remember, uh, but you know, like back then, you would buy records, you would see a cool album cover, and you'd buy it. You know what I remember? Right. I remember buying uh, Jefferson Starship, uh, Red Octopus, just because the album cover looked so cool. I just figured it was going to be like a metal album or something. You know what I mean? And just, I was like, wow, this isn't metal. <laughs> you know, it was, but it was just, uh, but yeah, I remember even when we talk with all our friends, I mean, you would buy albums based, if you saw, if it had a cool album cover, Completely. you would buy the record. Completely. You know? And you, you can totally relate to this being a Jersey guy like me. So you know how many records I got at the boardwalk in Seaside Heights on oh, the that stands you want. with yeah, the that wheel? You want. And you couldn't listen to them when you want them. You just had to pick it based off of the cover. Yeah, So totally. that's how I got Heaven to he Heaven and Hell that way, Highway oh, to wow. Hell, ACDC, because I just like, oh, I want it for a quarter. I'll take that one. And yeah, there were times that I also thought, 
I was getting a metal record based on the cover and got it home and found out it wasn't. But most times it, it turned me on to some great music just working off the cover. Yeah, without a doubt. Totally yeah. Agree. So do you, do you, when you look at the BLS catalog and all of I mean, it that's is what on Black Vibe. Label does. We make, we try to make it so you buy it because of the album cover. <laughs> and then we go under the philosophy of like fitness equipment. You buy it and then you never use it or you'll be thoroughly disappointed. And then you're just too lazy to send it back and just go through the whole nine yards. So it just sits there and you start hanging clothes on it. But I mean, so we go with that philosophy. You know, they'll buy it because they think the album cover looks cool. They're thoroughly disgusted. They're like, this is horrendous. And then they just go, maybe I'll just mail it back. It's like, yeah, I'll get around to that. And they never do. So, you know. Well, if you look at the if you look at the uh, infomercial Zach did for the box set, you will see in the infomercial he does show you other uses for it. Should you not want to actually listen to it, so there's plenty of, of things that you you illustrate to the the audience what you can yeah, do. Yeah, use with it, it as a cutting board to make your favorite sandwich. Use it as a as a vase for your favorite, you know, <laughs> to you know to put in your favorite flowers and stuff like that. You know, cutting board. You know, use it as a <laughs> to help you make an, an amazing hors d'oeuvre tray to delight your friends <laughs> and jump out of your house, use it to protect your fall. <laughs> Probably won't help, but you know, you can tell your friends you tried it. <laughs> so, so in addition to the, down the street with it for no apparent reason at all. <laughs> in addition to the 12 BLS records that are in it, remastered vinyl, you also have, uh, you also have some stuff in it, like there. Like talk about the other stuff. There's a, a patch in it. There's a bottle opener. There's an extra album in there, right? Song remains. Yeah, well, they, the same. And you also have the Odin's Demolition Squad patch. Yeah, you put that on, and, and it just shows that you know it'll help you demolish all of life's menial tasks. That's what I said. And that's it's also in the commercial. It's, it explains everything. You know, when you want to do the dishes, fold some laundry, vacuum the house, you know, make your bed it'll be there for you. But uh, no, and then obviously the bottle opener, like, you know what I mean? Still to this day, I do, you know, I hypnotize Barb with that bottle opener, just, you know, perform <laughs> mind blowing magic tricks for her. And, you know, Probably be the like, one wow, thing I you really actually would use the guy. most. <laughs> she, <laughs> the one she, thing you end up using the, massive, the most. <laughs> the massive bottle opener, she just says, I really want to be with this fella. I'm <laughs> such a lucky girl. Uh, you can order this box set at not at not the box set is called none more black and you can get it at none more black That's where all the information on how to order this. And I'm telling you, if you're on the vinyl kick and you love vinyl, this thing looks unbelievable. When you go through these 12 records, Zach, and you see these 12 records laid out, do you have a favorite when you look at the BLS career so far? Can you give me one or two that jump out at you as, as significant or maybe ones you think hold up the best? It would, it would have to be the one that sold the most because this way I could buy Barb, you know, more flowers and more chocolates and stuff like that. And she was, I was going to leave you last week, but now that you got me some more candy, I guess I'll stick around. So I think, you know, based that's what I go on, not whether I like the record or I think there was good songs on it or anything like that. It's just whatever sold the most. So this way I can, you know, <laughs> I can get her maybe, you know, a new pair of shoes or something, you know, that's what I base everything off of. Which one did sell the most in the catalog? Um, I have no idea. I think I think each one of them sold about maybe three copies. So I think, you know, it's just, I'll have to look into that. I mean, and most of the records I just gave away to friends, you know, and relatives. Uh, and since I don't have that many friends, I guess it didn't sell that many. So, uh, 
But anyways, you know, so it's Barb, I just told her, I said, hey, look at this. I got this none more black box set. What do you think about that? She goes, and why am I with you? I still don't know. <laughs> so that's why I just keep feeding her, you know, hallucinogenics until she hopefully doesn't come around. <laughs> let, let me ask you this. I was a fan of the Pride and Glory record that you did, which was a precursor to BLS. Why did you make the decision all those years ago to transition from Pride and Glory and change it up and even start Black Label Society instead of just continuing that band, even if that band would have changed and evolved? Why did you decide to make a change at that point? Uh, well, I think we, we did the PNG thing. We had a blast making that record with, uh, with J-Mo and Brian. We uh, we had a blast making that, and then we, when we toured on that, and then JMO left, and then that's when our uh, JDs just came came back in and did some of the PNG gigs and everything like that. When we went over to Japan and everything, then um, then we just basically ran out of beer funds. So then I ended up making. Then we went and did Osmosis. That was like in '95 with the boss, and there was a there was a pub right next to when we were in New York City. There was a pub right next door to it named Bruce, and they had like Stones in it, Neil Young, Bob Seger. I mean, just all classic rock, all this great stuff. So I used to go in there after we get done tracking. I'd be in there till like six, eight in the morning. They'd stay open, you know. So, and we just listen to the tunes, and I'd go back and just jam on my acoustic, and I had like all these mellow songs I was just writing. So then, uh, that's when I did the Book of Shadows thing. And then after, you know, we toured behind that, did it, you know, did did a run with the Book of Shadows thing, but I was still writing heavy, you know, I was just jamming through my rig one day, just doing writing riffs. And I was just like, I still love doing the heavy stuff. I'm not ready to be, you know, a singer songwriter, James Taylor, and just sit, you know, as much as I love doing it, you know, and I love Neil Young when he's sitting with an acoustic and just doing his mellow stuff. I love that. But it's just I was just like, I still want to play some heavy stuff, you know, you know, riff rip oriented music. So that's basically when Black Label was born. And you know, like I said, I was playing with the GNR guys at that point, you know, because we were doing osmosis and Axel called me up. I was like, Zach, do you want to jam or what? I said, yeah, it'd be a blast, man. So uh got together with the fellows and I was writing riffs there. And then like it was just nothing, nothing was happening, you know, and then Oz was like, Zach, I don't know whether you're doing the guns thing or you're gonna be here, but I I, I gotta I have to get another guitar player because I can't just be sitting around here. So I was just like, so Oz, that's when uh, Joe came in the band and I was just sitting around. I wasn't doing guns or the boss. And I was just like, well, I guess I'll just, I'll just write these things, you know, and I'll just sing it myself. I just, and that's basically when Black Label was born. So right there. And then, yeah. And that, and the rest is history. And now we're done. You know, I don't know if a lot of people realize, and it's even in, I, I noticed it's in the press release for the box set, that the Guns N' Roses thing, how far did that go with you? How long did you rehearse with them? How close did you get to actually joining the band? Yeah, we were just, we were jamming down. It was just, it was everybody was there. It was, um, it was Slash, Axel, Duff, Matt. Um, Dizzy was there. And, uh, yeah, we were all jamming down in the in a rehearsal room and and jamming riffs. So, and then went over to Duff's uh, house and then demoed some stuff over there, some riffs and everything like that. But nothing, nothing ever came about, you know. So I'm just sitting around. I was just like, guys, I I, I gotta play. I, I I can't just be sitting around, you know. What I mean, so uh, like you said, that was way before Chinese Democracy ever came out. So I mean, it was like around '95 when we were jamming. So. But yeah, I'm still buddies with all the guys and everything like that. So it's just, 
I was just like, I gotta, I gotta do something here, you know. So that, and that's when basically when Black Label was born. Uh, you mentioned Ozzy. Uh, what do you? I said Barb's gonna uh, leave me if I don't buy her any chocolates or any flowers. She's gonna <laughs> leave. So I was like, guys, I gotta start a band. I have to go. Are you? <laughs> Uh, My girlfriend said she needs some flowers. I gotta go, fellas. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, Ozzy made his last album without you and is working on another record now. And I'm assuming you're not involved in that either. What are your thoughts about that? Did you listen to the last record? And are you? Yeah, I came out cool. Obviously, yeah. So the videos and everything like that. It was, it was cool, man. So uh, and Andrew and everything like that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was rocking. So are you, where are you at with him now? Like if he wants to go out and play live, you're still in the live band, yeah, right? I, I always support the boss. So, you know, like, I guess my relationship with him is bigger than the music and stuff like that. I mean, if Oz just said, Zach, and, you know, him and Sharon, we're going to go out and have dinner with friends or whatever. It's like, Zach, can you do me a favor? Come over here and feed the dog. We're going to be gone for like three days. And yeah, it's whatever you want. I'll bring some milk and eggs on the way over as well. So yeah, that's my relationship with him. So. So, so we you're still supp- talking, everything like that, text each other and everything like that. So, yeah, it's all good. So you're, there's supposed to be dates in February in Europe that have been rescheduled a couple of times. As far as you know, those are still happening and, and you're still well, yeah, part of those? Still, he's still doing his rehab and he's doing everything, you know, to, to get better. You've got to get his powerlifting numbers back up to his squat, <laughs> his deadlift and his bench, back up to the insane Aussie numbers that they usually are. So that before he gets back on the, uh, the uh, you know, the competition platform. But uh, so that's about it. But yeah, also, like I said, I mean, Oz calls me up. He's like, Zach, we'll, we'll jam on Tuesday. Okay. We got rehearsals on Tuesday. So, you know, go down there and then we go over to go over to tunes and then off we go. I never had a chance to talk to you about Zach Sabbath for people that don't know, in addition to BLS, you also have this <clears throat> unbelievable Sabbath tribute and you actually put out a record not long ago where you re-recorded the first Sabbath record, which I thought was incredible do you want to do that with other Sabbath records? Would you like to do others from the Sabbath catalog like that? Of course. We're going to go straight to Born Again. That's the one that's <laughs> going straight there. Well, you know, it's funny. Actually, you know I love who that would, album. You know, you know I think who that album is phenomenal. You know who would love if you did that was probably Tony, because I just talked to Tony a few weeks ago, and he would love to remix that record. But no, they, but they can't said they can't the find the master tapes. They don't know I, the tapes That's are. insane. Yeah. That's insane. How do, you, how, do you, how do they get lost? I don't know. But he might love to hear a re-record. He might want to re-record it himself with you, Zach. Yeah, that's, I mean, actually, I love that record. I mean, as far as it's, it's you know, it's it's one of the Dark Horse albums. But, I mean, I, I think it's great. You know, us as music fans and Sabbath fans. But, uh, no, it just, you know, because people are just like, man, what's the Zach Sabbath thing? And I just go, well, I go, there's, there's a method to the method. There's a plan behind the whole thing. The thing is this, because, you know, Sabbath, they did the, the farewell tour. And it was billed as the end, you know, so the promoters bought the tour going, well, this is going to be the final time they were ever going to tour. So I have to get this tour. So, and they had to sign a contract that they will never tour again. So what we did is we put this Zach Sabbath thing together. So now what it's going to be is Zach Sabbath. And eventually we get Oz to sing. So it'll be Zach Sabbath featuring Ozzy Osbourne. Then we get Geezer in the band. So it's Zach Sabbath featuring Ozzy Osbourne and Giza Butler. Then we get Tony in the band. Then we, it's Zach Sabbath featuring Ozzy, Tony, and Giza. Then we pull Bill into the mix. And then it's Zach Sabbath 
featuring the original Black Sabbath. And then then they can tour again. You see what Minus I'm saying? Minus Zach Wilds. Minus yeah, Zach it's a, Wilds. It's, a, it's, a, it's an extra, <laughs> it's an extra retirement fund security blanket. Let's say in case the fellas get a crazy gambling habit or whatever, and they end up broke. They just, and then we put together the Zach Sabbath featuring Black Sabbath tour. They go out tour again. It's a building, it's a pyramid scheme. Yeah, they can't get sued. You see what I'm saying? Because the promoters are, well, we got the last tour. They're like, no, this isn't Black Sabbath. It's like Prince. He changed his name. He's a symbol. You can't sue him. Zach Sabbath is a pyramid scheme. It's a Ponzi scheme, folks. Yes, totally. <laughs> if you did another album, though, where you recorded, which one would you want to do? Seriously Born Again, or would you do something different? Yeah, you got to do the second one. You gotta do, so you do Paranoid? Yeah, totally. All yeah, right. But, uh, and listen, I couldn't let you go without yeah, asking you about this. You know? I got to oh. ask you about this. Today, as you may or may not know, is the 40th anniversary of the release of Fair Warning from Van Halen. Where, where, does, where does Fair Warning rank for you as a Van Halen record? I hear from a lot of musicians and guitar players that say it's their favorite one. Where, where are you at with it? Yeah, because they say, well, because it's dark and whatever like that. But I mean, uh, no, I mean, I love hear about it later. I remember the first time I heard that with, because uh, yeah, that came out in what, 81? Yeah, it's 40 so, years today. Uh, yeah, so I, I probably just started playing, and I remember, you know, hearing that, the flanger that was on there, and I was just like, wow, what is that? You know, and I remember my guitar teacher explained because he had a flanger, and I was just, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So, but the intro on that, and then obviously, you know, with Mean Streets and everything, you're just like, what, what is this? I mean, is, is that even a guitar? I mean, you know, just like, you know, with King Edward, it was just every... Every record was on almost like a box of Cracker Jacks. Every guitar player was waiting to see what new thing he was going to invent and what what he had in store for the next album. And he, and he basically did that. Every every record, there was just some new, you know, game changing thing that he stuck on the record. But uh, yeah, I think I think uh, Fair One is great. I, you know, I, I it's awesome. I mean, all the songs on that record. I mean, you know, it always comes down to the songs. They, they, every one of those records has great songs. I, I can never Eggs, understand. You know, amazing guitar. That's the cherry on the top of the cake, but you got to have a cake. Right. You know? Right. See, I could never understand. And, and I love the record. And as I've said many times, I, I, the first four Van Halen records, untouchable. Uh, the, to me, they're as good as the first four Zeppelin records. I mean, they're untouchable. But for some reason, all the guitar players and all the musicians I talk to, always point to Fair Warning as the record. And I can't pinpoint why they talk about the sound, the brown sound, all of that. So so for you as a guitar player, is it your number one Van Halen record or no? Well, I know a bunch of other guys. Well, they would always go with the first record. You know what I yeah, mean? Me too. Because I mean, every, everything's on that. I mean, like, you know, like how uh, John Paul Jones, they asked him what his favorite Zeppelin record was. He, he said even though he thought the production sounded dated compared to later ones, he, he thought the first one, just in, in, just in regards of everything that they're about is on that record. You know what I mean? And with Van Halen, everything is that they're about is on that first record. You know, down to Ice Cream Man, you got the, the acoustic guitar, you got the, the goopy stuff. Then you got, you really got me, you got Ed doing Eruption, you got, I mean, everything is on that record. You know the, the the performances, the background vocals, the songs, the you know. So I, I get that, but I mean, I like Van Halen too. I think that's a great one. You know what I mean? So, uh, 
Then you got what women and children. You women know, and so children, just, I love. I mean, women I, and children know, to me is the sleeper. I mean, the Diver Down record. I mean, that, that thing's great too. I mean, think about it. Little guitars. I mean, there's tons of great things on that record. Cathedral. Yeah. I mean, all the stuff that Ed does on that one. But I mean, there's Full Bug. I mean, there's a lot of great songs on that record. When was you the know, first so, time you saw Van Halen live, Zach? I never. The first time I saw him live was with Gary. In really in uh, at the Budokan in Japan, getting hammered with uh, King Edward. The night before, and I had to do press all day, and then the next day I wouldn't we wouldn't song. So oh, I mean, wow. it was hilarious. But you know, but uh, yeah, just sitting sitting with uh, King Edward in in my room, him just chain smoking and just jamming on my guitar with the you know with the left ball down down around his knees, playing Jimmy Page licks the whole time, playing Heartbreaker, and everything. I was just like, this is like insane. I had God sitting in my room playing Jimmy Page licks. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, it was it was pretty mind blowing. Playing heartbreaker the whole nine yards. Wow, amazing! All right, well, none more black. The uh, the really uh, incredibly expansive box set from Black Label Society. Every BLS album to date, remastered, bonus stuff, bonus discs. There's twenty remastered, reupholstered, recarpeted, remastered. I love that in the, in the infomercial. <laughs> re everything. <laughs> You can use it as a weapon. You can use it as a cutting board. I tweeted the link to the. I'm crying with this thing, bro. I'm telling you, man. Check, check. If you didn't see this, just check my Twitter. I put the link out about an hour ago. It's hysterical. The video that Zach did to promote or unpromote the record. It's really what it is. <laughs> I think by the time of the end of the infomercial, people are like, I don't even know what I'm trying. I'm supposed to buy here, but anyways. <laughs> and then there's like, <laughs> and there's. Watch. <laughs> There's a video also that you did a, a video for um, Heart of Darkness, which kind of a National Geographic run wild footage in there. Uh, no, I told I told Father Justin, who's uh, Justin Wright, that was uh, doing our he does all our videos and, you know, and the, the goofy commercials and everything like that. So uh, I said, Father Justin, can you do me a favor? What I want to do is if you can make the video about capturing the first day that my mommy and dad dropped me off for kindergarten at school. <laughs> and that's what he came up with. <laughs> so that's the animals video. eating each other. Animals yeah, eating was, each other. That was my experience on the first day of school. That confrontational, Zach? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why I always tell Barb, give me a hug. <laughs> All right. Well, the video's out now. You can Aside see it on of, YouTube. You're the lucky winner. I always tell it <laughs> out. So. Last thing. The draft is tonight. Our Giants, where are we going? What are we doing? What do you think? Well, I I suggest maybe, I don't know, Joe Namath or Fran Tarkin and come out of retirement. <laughs> take over. That's what I'm going with. Get Randy White as a, not a defensive coordinator. Defensive line. Just get Randy White. <laughs> And we'll start there. Maybe Stallback <laughs> will come out of retirement. <laughs> Earl Campbell, Tony Dorsett. Let's see if we can get him. <laughs> Always good to talk to you, man. <laughs> All right. But yeah, forget the draft. Just get guys that we know can play. <laughs> oh, my God. It never ends too much uh, i hope to see you soon i hope you uh are able to get on the road soon good luck with the new record i know we'll be talking when that new record is uh is done and again everybody go to none more black box set 
Com if you want to check out everything that's in this set and you want to order a copy, uh, it, it looks like a it's wonderful hors d'oeuvre tray to impress your friends. This is the box set for you. Maybe you need it for home defense. You know? Yeah, without a doubt, you want to protect you got, your family. This is this is the box set you need. You got twenty projectiles and an opener, a metal uh, bottle opener. Exactly. You do a lot of damage with this thing. <laughs> Good talking uh, to you, man. Stay in touch. Best to the family, all right? All right, right back at you, Father Ed. Take care, buddy. All right, we'll see you. There he goes, Zach Wilde, everybody. None more black, the latest box set, uh, or the box set, the only box set so far, uh, but it is everything. There's nothing in there that you possibly couldn't want. Uh, there is every album from BLS so far. There is a bonus album. Like we said, there's this patch in there. There's a bottle opener. Everything's re reupholstered, remastered, re everything as Zach just told you. And that's uh that's available now. Again, none more black boxset.com is where you want to go to get your order and to get a copy of that. It is available now. Well it's hard to ever do a really straight interview with Zach Wild because he's always busting balls. <laughs> and we're always having some fun as we did there as well. Thanks to Zach. If you're interested in that vinyl box set, it is on sale for order now. Thanks earlier to Ace Freely and John Five as well. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Be sure to follow me on social media, especially Twitter and Instagram, where I'm most active, at Eddie Trunk. I got a ton of appearances coming up, folks. Kicking off on June 18th in McKinney, Texas, at the Guitar Sanctuary, where I'll be doing a speaking show and a show I'm going to be calling the That Metal Show Scrapbook, where I'm going to go back into my archives and roll through some photos and some stories about all the years of That Metal Show. That should be a lot of fun, doing that live on stage at the Guitar Sanctuary in McKinney, Texas on June 18th. Go to theguitarsanctuary.com for more information about that. June 19th, I'm in Oklahoma City hosting Dirty Honey and Joyous Wolf at the Diamond Ballroom. Also join me on June 25th in Houston at Warehouse Live, hosting Warrant, Lita Ford, and Bullet Boys. And June 26th, I will be in Tulsa at the IDL Ballroom, hosting Lita Ford. Many more uh, things coming up. M3 Festival Memorial, or I'm sorry, uh, 4th of July weekend for M3. And I'll be there hosting all three days of that as well. Everything's on the homepage of eddytrunk.com as it is confirmed and please keep an eye on social media. There's always changes and revisions. Make sure you come out and see me if I'm coming your way. And the homepage of my site and social media is where all the information is. Like I said, first up, McKinney, Texas, followed by Oklahoma City, then Houston, then Tulsa, and then Maryland for M3. That's on the immediate horizon. Great to have shows coming back. Great to have stuff happening once again. My thanks to Joel Pollack for producing the podcast. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Catch me on the radio every day if you're in the U.S. or Canada. Talk and rock with you on Trunk Nation on volume, Sirius XM channel 106, live 2 to 4 Eastern every day, nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern, and of course, listen to anything you want, anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. Have a great week. Hopefully, I'll catch you every day on the radio. If not, back here next Thursday for another episode of the podcast. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. 
A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.